You have checked in to the Shoot the Rock podcast with your host, Robert Zaragoza. Today, on today's podcast, we have Mario Perez, head coach of the Roosevelt High School City Champs. We talk about his amazing season this year and his amazing run during the playoffs. We talk about his days at East LA Junior College, and we talk about his famous 5 a.m. workouts. Um, Thank you for checking in to the podcast. Just a little reminder, we are still on SoundCloud for any of your podcasts if you want to look at some of the old pods we are now on apple podcasts make sure you subscribe and rate us uh we will soon be on google play and spotify thank you for rocking with us let's get it you have just tuned in to the shoot the rock podcast who they rocking with show who they rocking with that's right remix it remix it you're now rocking with the best yes yes you're now rocking with the best Alright, what up and welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, Robert Zaragoza, aka the Commish, aka Big Z, aka so big yet so sweet, aka the Latino Bleacher Report. Uh joining us here on the Shoot the Rock podcast, we have Mario Perez, aka MP, aka the general, aka the head coach of the Roosevelt High School Division II City Champs. What up, MP? What's up, Big Z? Don't forget one, aka from yourself, aka Coach Z. Oh, that's the throwback right coach. there. That's the that's the throwback. <laughs> uh, a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people. Um, I coached one year at ELAC, and and um, MP, you're probably the only one that after um, my season coaching you guys, you kept calling me coach. But we were kind of oh, like we were kind of like playing in the tournament, so we were we were foes. <laughs> And I was like, oh, MP, like I respected that, but I was like, oh man, you know, and I think that's, that's the one thing I've always um, known about you. You know what I'm saying? You've always maintained that, that level of respect to, to everybody for the most part. You know, I think, I think you're a, you're a ultimate competitor, but I think at the end of the day, you know, you've, you've, you've competed against people, but at the same time, it's always been that respect level. Where did that come from? Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, basically, I would just say, uh, in, in regards to honoring, uh, like I said, coach or anybody that taught me something, uh, you know, that's always, you're always my coach. I think I told you that straight up. Hey, baby, you might mess around or whatever, but you're coach, man. You're coach D. You're my coach, man. You, you took a, that time out to, to help me along in my process. And uh, as that went, and I'm really grateful and thankful. And, you know, to answer your question, where does it come from? I just think, like, I come from a family of coaches. But honestly, you know, my dad, he didn't play on basketball. He was soccer. My dad was soccer, and I think that's why I gravitated towards almost everything else besides soccer. But, you know, he was, he was real strict, and he was a coach. So my mom was a coach. My brother's a coach. My wife coached. So, I mean, I just have a lot of honor for, for, for that facet for people who take that time out to to teach and instruct and further develop and, and so me it's uh, it's honor just to always give back and be thankful for that so and, thank you coach appreciate it yeah man i appreciate you for that and then um i think the same thing as like you're still giving back and i think um this season um you had a magical run with uh your high school squad tell me about that um that season um you guys won the division two and you guys were on your way uh to state um, and your season was cut short, right? Um, you guys didn't lose, um, and the, 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 
the state playoffs was cut off. Am I wrong with that, or is that how it went? Uh, yeah, we, we actually we lost in the state regional. Mm, okay. So we lost, and then the, the next day was like my first day off. I remember it was like, might have been like a Wednesday or a Thursday. It was such a whirlwind, that, that playoff run. And I remember we had just played like, I think it was five games in, in 10 days. Yeah. After we got beat, uh, the very next day was when everything got cut off. Oh, so you missed and it, dog. NBA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so my AD comes up to me and he's like, well, even though you lost, you know, you guys would have been done anyways. No state, no state championship game. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Right. You know, yeah. So, no, it was, it, was a, it was a great run, though. Man, it was a magical run. Uh, just put it together, man. It was an up and down season. You know, at one point we lost five straight games. We took fourth in our league. We were fourth in league. And we had lost that that little that big losing streak in the middle of the league. Things looked bad, and then we just kind of pieced things together, man, little by little. Quite honestly, just a lot of the the things that were holding us back. I'll just say, like personality-wise, chemistry-wise, team-wise. Uh, the boys, I get credit to them, man. They just shed it. They shed that stuff, and then we just started kind of. It was the most adversity, like. Man, we might not even get in the playoffs. And yeah. We end up winning three three games to close the year. We won a big game against Garfield, and you know you know what that rivalry is about. Um, I we had lost five straight games to them, so it's been almost three years since we beat them, and we end up beating them. And it was just ran from there, man. And it's just like putting it together, you know, just putting it together, and and the boys coming together just great efforts uh, we had the city player of the year Jose Ariano just a skilled point guard uh, man really good uh, really crafty really crafty for his age but you know when he when he started doing more than just getting his we became a different team yeah and that I think um, giving oneself um, for the team I think uh You've had a lot of those lessons. Um, you were the head coach. You were the the point guard, and you've been a point guard for for quite some time. You were the point guard at ELAC, uh, East LA Junior College. Uh, you were the point guard at Cal State Dominguez Hills, and you you've you've been able to lead uh, programs. But one of the 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 top programs that you've led has been um, the Sin Miedo um, Sin Miedo squad. Uh, they're one of the top Latino teams, um, in my opinion top or, or, or near the top all-time Latino teams uh, just well, because you guys you because you guys did a, made a run uh, you guys for for like a two-year stretch you guys were relatively untouchable in open tournaments and in um, Latino tournaments um, and I think that's tell me what what Cimiedo taught you um, in your years of playing with them uh, and, and you know what what kind of bond um, that squad has been in the start and then where they're at now, you know? Well, I mean, you know, the guys refer to it as family. You know, uh, JC made that real, real popular for us when he'd be like, hey, we're not going to the tournament. We're going to go visit family. You know, and so for us going to the tournament now, you know, even back then, honestly, was being with family. You know, at the time when we were had that drive and we're competing and we're trying to win everything, you know, and you're having your ups and downs and, and you're struggling, you know, it really drove us together because we stuck together. So, like, I would say the story of Cinedo is, 
you look at the finished product and you look at you look at you know the run and all that and the championships and all you know and I thank you for mentioning the open tournament because I think we were, we were that's a little undervalued because what we did for the Latino circuit when we would win the Latino tournaments and then we'd go out to the open tournaments and go win those and then and we were really one of the few teams that would take a full Latino team, the same team from the Latino circuit, take it straight to the open and win. And I, I really, that's really under undervalued. A lot of people don't bring that up too much. But, uh, yeah, so that drive just, it kind of brought us together. Um, I would think that, like, when people ask, because I've been asked that, like, oh, what's the formula, what you do? Um, it's not necessarily just basketball. I think, sure, the guys are good basketball players, and we were all at the same time and in our times and all hungry at the same time. But I think the, the, the most important thing, the biggest takeaway to me is sticking together because you got to stick together through some losses. You got to stick together through some, some you know, you didn't get the ball and so-and-so got the ball. You got to stick together. And, and I think once we all knew that the core that we had wasn't going anywhere, now you could be honest. Now you could be straightforward. Now you could make decisions without worrying about anyone's feelings and everyone knew that they were there for each other. And I think once you have that courage and that's what makes you just do what's best for everyone, you just do what's right and then you just keep doing, you know. It's hard to describe that 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 chemistry and that bond to somebody. Let's let's say uh let's say someone was blind and they never never seen before. They've never seen anything before. And then some, they asked me, hey, describe the color green to me. You wouldn't know where to start. And I think, I think that's kind of what, what, what I, I kind of ramble on on this, on this, uh, on this topic because it's really hard to pinpoint. Yeah. But I know that that bond is really what the strength was of the team. And you guys um, struggled. Not, I want to say struggled, but it took you guys a while to find your 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 spot in the Latino hoops. Cause I know it took you guys a couple years, um, to win your first Latino tournament, which was, um, a Memorial tournament. Um, that was like your yep. first, the first one, but you guys have yes, had, sir. you guys were playing in a, in a bunch of other things. I know, you know, if you ever hang out with Simedo during the tournament, you hear about the, <laughs> the, the El Paso days and all these other things. But as soon as you guys got that Memorial tournament, it was like, you guys, figured it out like the stars aligned you know and i know that there was you know there was the core of guys but you guys did bring in you know you guys knew what you needed and you're like let's let's bring in this guy and let's let's bring in this guy and it and it evolved you know and i think um not a lot of people know about the the struggles or or you know what i mean just the backstory you know and i think i think that's important because for a while you know it's the same thing with um with Tierra del Sol, you know, I talked to I talked to them, and you know, they took them until last year to win, you know, their their first Vegas and their first, you know, these and 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 you guys duked it out, and you know, it was a possession away when whenever you guys played um, against yeah. them. So so the matchups, the matchups in Rosarito and Tecate, it always brings me back, like the origin of of my tournaments. The, the Southeast League tournaments, uh, now it's the, the Shoot the Rock stuff, but it was always Tierra del Sol and Sin Miedo in a final for, I don't know, a countless amount of championships, <laughs> finals, you know? 
and tell me about about that like th those type of rivalries because I, I think um, you know you guys see them as rivalries Tierra del Sol sees them as rivalries even like Mi Familia kind of you know sees themselves in in those those conversations and those are some of the top teams in the Latino the, the Latino circuit during that time um, tell me about like seeing people every tournament and the seeing them in the fi the same final four or the same championship like like it's pretty much a chess match right man when you get to that level and, and that's why I, I i like that you mentioned the open tournaments um the latino tournaments for us when once we got to that level where we knew we were going to be in semis and finals you know tournament after tournament and you knew the team you were going to be facing, you knew the level, all the pros that, that, that Joe Leon would bring out, all the college kids that were, that were all just, you know, reaching, about to reach their prime, and, and, and the chemistry and, 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 and the level that, uh, that Miss Familia had. Or if you look back at the Estrellas and the Devastators and just the all-star lineups that those guys had, I would say that you're right. It was a chess match. And, and when we get into the open tournaments, uh, I think we fared better against the open teams, and maybe one of those two those teams would get knocked off along the way. But if we ran into one of them in, in the final, let's say in your tournament, we knew that they, you know, they were bringing it. So we'd be two Latino teams in the final of one of your tournaments. Oh, now, open Mexico, tournament, yeah, that's true. Yeah, for two thousand bucks on the line, and, and 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 then that that's when the game became. They knew your tendencies. They knew your counter. And it, it, you know, it really, it just came down to playmaking and putting it in the bucket. It, it, you know, it was just one of those deals where, where, you know, if two of their guys hit the ground, three of our guys needed to hit the ground. And and really, what separated, I think, uh, us early on is we did have the underdog mentality, and I don't think that ever left us. You know, when we started in the circuit, uh, man, we were getting buried. Man, all those guys buried us. You know, trash talking, and it, it was personal. None of those guys still, you know, and there's no ill will. But I remember, I remember we we play, we get to a certain level, and we get to that final day of the tournament, which was final eight or whatever, and then we get blasted. Devastators would blast us, Estrellas would blast us, you know, Sangre would blast us. And I remember the stigma that we had, we were mostly Eli guys. And I remember they would straight up tell us, man, you guys suck. You guys are all Eli guys. Yeah. And that put a chip on our shoulder, like, man, you know what? Well, we are Eli guys. You know, the people out there that East LA College—that's where a lot of us, a lot of us, you know, kind of met. The uh, Cimillo origins aren't particularly your safe from there, but those are where we started making some some moves. Where we started getting a little bit uh, different players, but um, but yeah, we were Eli guys. And at, at that time, at that time, that term was was a put down. And so I'm really happy that that after we got over those humps and after we figured things out and got better, you know, two, three years, four years down the road, oh, those are Eli guys meant something else. And that, that, that fills me up with a lot of pride, you know. You know, seeing all that Eli, you know, whether it was yourself or Martinez or Coach Rob in the stands and we're, and we're going to go out there and, and face all these pros in a in the final and, and and you know those guys could have been playing at higher levels at the time and, and maybe it didn't mean as much to them but I think that's why we got it done because 
that was our that was our that was our championship. But. And maybe I'm looking at it from uh, you know what do they call it? the rose rose colored glasses or lenses where where everything's like <laughs> you know. But that was a that was a great era because it was um, that was like you said the Estrellas Devastators they had their runs. You know, like they international, had, yeah, international in, in the open tournaments, and and yeah. the thing is, those guys were kind of like the the guys, and then you guys were taking your beatdowns, but then it was like yeah. you guys started, and, and and it was it was good basketball, and you said it like every possession mattered, and that I think that's one of the things that that some of the guys don't get, you know, some of the guys are like, oh, well, you know, what's so good about Sin Miedo or what's so good about Estrellas or what's so good about, because the pressure moments, every possession matters, bro. Like, like, oh, we could we should have been in the final four. No dog. Cause you couldn't make those plays, you know? And I think yeah. people don't understand like the magnitude of ev- you guys were really adamant of making every possession matter. You guys would, would look at that, and I remember being in Rosarito in the stands um, when when the tournaments were probably in their in their heyday, you know, 07 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it, my tournaments had hit a peak, you know, and I had uh, NBA referees come into the stuff, and they were like, "Man, this is good, great ball," because a bunch of you guys were, you know. You guys are ELAC guys, but that's junior college. That's past basketball. And then you got the Estrellas guys that got a bunch of college guys as well. And some of them play pro. Like, at that point in time, every single team had a guy that played beyond high school. So they understood, yeah. like, that next level hoops. And I think that's not that it didn't make it better, but at that time, that like, everyone understood, like, Everyone is on the same playing level, and it just matters of that rebound or that diving on the floor. And when you were saying that, like, it legit gave me chills because I was like, damn, dog. <laughs> like, I was like, damn, I remember that, you know. And, and yeah. we, we were, you know, we were competing, and I was I was still playing in the, in the Opens at that time. But but as a tournament director and watching Sin Miedo against Tierra del Sol or Sin Miedo against International, and there's – singular plays that that stand out you know like Abel pulling up from like the volleyball line you know yeah. and, yeah. and and yeah. you know E-Man against one of that that team from Atlanta that showed up it was a simple play oh, yeah. it was it was yeah. a pass to the top of the key they were defending and it was just the way he caught the ball and I was like damn even that fucking yeah. even the fucking <laughs> catches on the wing have to be fucking on point dog so yeah. so yeah. the thing is it's like how do you get better well, it's just, it's just understanding that that's what it is, you know. And I think, like, just kind of moving forward from that topic, it's it's doing that, and then now you're giving back. Your your, I don't know if any of you know, it's different. Um, high school ball, and then and then the tournament ball. But I think um, CJ was was mentioning how Sin Miedo um, helped him along the way uh, when I when I had him on the pod. And he said mm-hmm. how 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 much of a family you guys were to support, and I think that gets, I mean, it doesn't get underplayed, but you guys really took that to that next level, and you guys really like catered to to Joey and catered to Caesar, and and you're catering to your your players right now, and um, I just want to kind of touch on one of the things that that he had mentioned. Um, so he had some five a.m. Five, the five a.m. workouts with Caesar. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. What was that about? Like, what, what, what? 
how did that transpire and what did you guys do during yeah. those, those times oh okay well first of all man thanks for the praise and, and, I, and I heard that I've been listening to all your stuff and I gotta give you some more praise because you know your stuff is being spot on you know perfect timing while we're all kind of chilling here I think much to do and I appreciate if you're remembering uh, things like that. Obviously, you know he's you know he's reached a, a point in his career. Where I'm just super proud of him, and I'm just seeing him play the game. Uh, we would always want him to play, and the results are that he's, he's being real successful. But the 5 a.m.s, man, they start even before basketball, man. It's a funny story, man. It's just, it starts at home. It starts with my dad. It starts at home. I'm sitting at the table, I'm a, I'm a teenager, you know, I don't know, 17, 18, I say, you know, I say some kind of cuss word at the table, and my dad just turns to me, you know, in Spanish, he's like, hey, why are you talking like that, you know, and I'm like, at first, you know, I, I, I think I'm the man, I'm like, well, you talk like that, and he looks at me, and he's like, oh, you want to talk like me, and he's like, the first thing you need to do is you need to get up at 4.30 every, every morning. So you need to go to work. You need to make sure when you get back that everybody in this house has food, clothes, and all the lights are on. If you want to, until you can do that, and you can't talk to me. So until you can do that, you know, shut the hell up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so he lit into me. And, you know, at first, you know, you're mad. But, you know, me, you know, my, my initial reaction was like, what? Man, no, I walk away. He was right. I was, my, my dad taught me most about the game without ever teaching me about the game. You know, he taught me how to work. And so I looked at all the list of things that he said, and I remember it because I just sat there thinking about, man, I can't do any of that stuff. He's right. You know, I felt like a little bitch at that point. He was right. And I can't do none of that. But you know what? I could get up at 425 in the morning. I could get up five minutes earlier than him. And I started getting up at 425 in the morning. You know, I started doing that. Uh, after it was like, you might have been, going into my senior year or after my senior year. And then that became that became running. That became go from the park. And then later when uh, one of my buddies he opened or well, he started working in this weight room, Newville Park in Cudahy, you know, OG people remember that. And when he uh when he started running the, the weight room down there, it opened that five. And so I did my running, you know, to the park, get my workout in and run back. You know, and then, uh, you know, so it was only, it was, and it wasn't even something that like, I ever had to announce. It was one of those things like, okay, in the, in, in the meantime, while I'm getting my stuff right, this is what I'm going to do. I could do this. I got control over this. All right, you'll see. And I think that was just a basis, a building point for me to eventually be able to do all the things that he challenged me to do. You know, and that was a basis point. It wasn't hard. You know, it wasn't hard for me to get up and being able to meet uh, we used to meet on Atlantic you know those guys from the area cause he's from Cudahy I'm from Bell you know we used to do a little walk to get to Atlantic and we used to get on the bus and we'd get on that bus at around the same time and we go to we go to Elac and then Dave Martinez had the waiting room uh, open for us at 5.30 that summer and that summer started with you know hey there was 29 guys there the first first day, half that the next day. By the end of that summer, it was me, Dave, remember Tank? Tank? Yeah. Me, Dave, yeah, me, Dave, Tank, and Abel that hit it every day that summer. 
So we hit the weights, they would kick us out, and then we had time to kill between class, and then there was Salvador. Remember Salvador from, uh, from Eli? Yeah. The custodian? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, we used, we used to give him shirts and everything, and, and hey, Salvador, he let us in the gym. We'd be in the gym, he just told us to be out before the coaches show up. Coaches used to show up at 8, 8.30, and we just, we just shot. We shot, we played, we fought. Man, all kinds of stuff went down. And that was before 8 o'clock. And then we'd get out of there and then go to class. And so, you know, that's just something I carry with me now, always. You know, and, you know, the next phase of that was I started teaching at Roosevelt. And I had a gym and a weight room right there. Class used to start at 7.30. For all the people that remember A-track, B-track, C-track, we had to start early. Class started at 7.30. And uh, in that particular time, um, you know, I think CJ was off track. So he'd end up staying with me the whole day. And I would, I would say, hey, man, you want to get some work? Yeah, I want to get some work. You know, he'd get all hyped. And I'd say, okay, man, we'll be ready. I'd go swing by 4.30, pick him up. Well, I'd have a few peanut butter jelly sandwiches ready for that dude because he would, he would mope if he didn't eat. Yeah. So then we'd get in there and you know what would be amazing, man? It'd be me, CJ, Steve sometimes, Abel, Geo. Man, we'd have three, four, five of us in there and we'd go from 5.30 to, to right about 7, 7.15 and we just hit it, man. We'd hit it in there and... and and, I, and that's when I really was amazed by Caesar, man, because we were men. We were men in our 20s. And maybe Steve was a little younger, but he was working like us. He was 14, 15, and he was working just like us. And the thing that stood out right then, right away, was Caesar could put the ball in the hole, man. Caesar could put the ball in the hole at a special level. He just needed to learn the other stuff. He just needed to learn the other stuff that he's, he's acquiring now. But, you know, I'm going to tell you a story, man. You can edit this out if it doesn't fit. <laughs> I used to do this to Caesar all the time, man. So we would play seven spots. One-on-one, one dribble, two dribble, you know, elbow, elbow, you know, just seven spots on the floor. And and one day I was like, I'm not even going to let you win one spot. And I, and I, and I got him all seven spots. And he remembered. He remembered that. So, you know, other times we'd play and we'd be back and forth. And But the little trick I had was I always had to win the last game. So, you know, uh, I'd be Caesar on the seventh game. Boom. And he'd be like, come on, man, rematch. And anybody that knows Caesar, that guy spiders, like, come on, man, rematch, rematch. And I'm like, no, man, I'm going to be late to work. You know, I, got my, I can't be late to work, man. So I, I, you know, I, I shut it down. All right, let's go. Put everything away. And then, uh, you know, flip the tables. He beats me. He beats me on the seventh game. Yeah. Like, now you got to be a loser the whole day. That's what he would tell. <laughs> uh, now you got to be a loser the whole day. You know, he tells me, now you got to be a loser the whole day. I go, no, nah, man, rematch. And he's like, no, man, you got to be late. I go, no, nah, man, I'm the teacher. Class will start till I get there. <laughs> and I played him, and I played him till I beat him, and he was, oh, man, he didn't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta keep them hungry gotta keep them hungry yeah what I'm saying is the guy was 14 15 you know, and yeah. he was he was working at that level it was, uh, he was amazing man so, I mean that's a little 5 a.m. origin I continued that pretty much you know I, I'm still, I'll still do it and I gotta get back into it 
but um, you know, I guess it, 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 it happened because of just, you know, I, I just wanted to feel like, and I think Sigurd said it too, like, alright, well, the guys I'm working against, what are they doing right now? Oh, they're asleep. So I gotta win this time. I gotta win this time between five and seven before these guys roll out of bed. I gotta win it. And then that way I'm able to do the rest of my day and then work out again or play later, you know? So, yeah, man, that's the origin of that 5 a.m. stuff. And it's, it's no coincidence, you know, the guys that, that put in the work um, you know, you there's dividends that, that come from that, you know, and I and, and those stories I'm sure you you talk to your, your players about those those days and you know, I'm sure when we tell stories to the high school kids they're like, Ah, oh, that shit's whack but it's it's you gotta find a way to, to to talk to them and I think that's another one of your, your tools, you know. I think you know you you've always been that coach on the floor as a point guard. You know, when I coached you it was like we knew what was going on. You knew you you were definitely an extension of of what we needed on the floor. And then when you were with Simiedo, you were the same thing. You know, you you positioned guys, you you saw the matchups, and now as a coach, you're moving the the entire game piece. You know, and you know. Um, so I think that's it's not a coincidence, and and it's and it's all the hours of work and stuff like that. And you know, I think. A lot of people don't see that, you know, and they're like, well, fuck, why don't I make it? Like, are you putting in the work? You know, and I tell I tell my students all the time, you know, I, I work at a school, too. And I'm like, you can't just walk up to the ATM and be like, press the code and money come out. Like, you got to put in your money for you to get your money mm-hmm. back. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's one of the things that that we need to start putting in more to our kids. You know, I think. I think spreading these these um, these words, you know, making these podcasts so that they can hear, you know. And I think the state of Latino hoops, you know, um, you heard the the kid Isa Silva. There's 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 not yeah, enough awesome. there's not enough there's not enough Caesar Guerreros and there's not enough Lorenzo Matas and there's not enough Isas and and you know there's not enough Mario's out there. And I'm sure there are, you know what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is like to make it to that next level. What is it in Latino hoops? That you feel that that what's that one or two things that's missing in the Latino hoops for us to continue to strive and push each other because this is a Latino podcast at the end of the day we're yeah. talking about hoops but and I know you're 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 heavily involved with the the national Latino tournament that we're trying to do and 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 all this stuff but you know I think more I think how do we push the the Latino culture in basketball and and what what needs to be done in your I think. I think the state, the state of the Latino, you know, going into high school ball and college ball, I think, I think I see that getting better, Z. I yeah. see that improving. Yeah, I see the access and the opportunity. You know, obviously there's challenges, and obviously there's 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 a few obstacles there, and I think the, one of the obstacles is like. You know, you do it in. in, in when we came through, everybody kind of stayed home and played with their home school. So I grew up in Bell. I played in Bell. E Money, my compadre. All right, one of the sickest. You know, E Money, one of the illest LBA, SEL players ever. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Without having a name that's out there, just on the floor, 
during those games, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, everybody else just it was E Money and everybody else, you know. Uh, so, so yeah, he went, he grew up in HP. He went in HP. You know, even Lorenzo's from that time. Lorenzo's from Southgate. You know, Steve is from Garfield, East LA, on the Garfield. You know, so that 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 part of of staying home. I used to kind of hold it back. And I, know, I know people expect me to say the opposite because I coach. I still coach. I coach in Boyle High. So I coach at Roosevelt. But I used to hold it back because we would perform against each other. Mm. So the exposure and the coaches, it would say like, yeah, you're putting up numbers, but you know, you're doing that against so, so, you know, 5'9 guy. You're doing that again. Yeah, of course Lorenzo was doing that. And like Lorenzo said, you know, when he got to the AAU, and he started doing it there, he could not be denied. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you know, that exposure of, of CJ playing in one of the biggest programs, Belmont Shore, that helps us, you know? And it does take away a lot of people bash AU. And I'm not an AU guy at all. You know, I grew up, man, I didn't play travel ball myself. I didn't play travel ball. I didn't, I went straight from the outside courts, straight to high school, to ELAC, and I think my, 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 my game got refined and, and matured at ELAC, and then that's when I went on and played. But I think that uh, we are playing more, and we're stepping out of our comfort zone more. What I would like to see from the circuit itself that would foster that and help that, I would be, I think, just just a little bit more stability. Like 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 you said, like, what made Cimero, Tierra, uh, Estrellas, Devastators, Special was, Man, those rosters didn't change much. Mm-hmm. You 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 showed up to a tournament, and you saw you know Joe Leon, and you knew who he was doing. You knew he, you knew who he was there with. You know uh, JC. Another JC saying is uh, nobody comes up to me and asks me, "Hey, who are you playing with?" Mm-hmm. You no, know, they'll ask me what time you play. Oh, we play at three. They already know. And I think just that sticking with it is is hard right now. Because there's so many options. You know, when, when we broke in, you know, you had to know somebody and, and, and you almost had to get, like, sponsored to play. You remember how that worked? Mm-hmm. And it, was, it, was, it wasn't just like, you know, throw your team in there. It was like, whatever it cost back then was like, oh, man, you're going to risk that much? You need to get sponsored to play. Like, not sponsored by a corporation, but by a, an established team. Someone's got to vouch for you. Someone got a vouch for me, and that yeah. that was like the little cutoff there. You just didn't have anybody just coming in, mm-hmm. and and I think so. Not necessarily that that's something that's going to change. I think that's something that's already gone. I mean, the way people run tournaments is they don't want to have sixteen team tournaments. They want to have twenty four team tournaments, and the result of that is you're going to have more people in there. I would just say just keep supporting each other, keep supporting each other's tournaments. If you see a young man out there that that's got drive and, and that wants to work, you know, help him out, point him in the right direction, point him towards people that 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 you trust, you know, you know, lend that hand out. That was that was always big for us. I mean, I think you brought that up in one of the podcasts mm-hmm. where the vets all they charged us was, hey, do it, you do this for somebody else. Yeah. You know, and I'm 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 extremely proud if someone like you who did that for me. If you think that I'm doing that for the next guy, well, you know, then I paid, I paid that favor to you, you know, so. And, and, and it, absolutely. And I think it multiplies, you know, the more we do that, I think, um, you know, I, I, 
I get nostalgic, you know, when I when I talk about yeah. that. And and I think, you know, a lot of my tournaments are open events, but I've always had love for the Latino circuit. And I think, you know, it's gotten to a point, you know, obviously you can't help anybody unless you help yourself out first, you know. And I think mm -hmm. I think we've you know, we're we're older, we're the we're the vets that are, you know, I'm I'm the vet that's not even playing. I just go to the tournaments and I watch the finals or whatever and you know, do podcasts. <laughs> but I think for 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 anything it's like i think there needs to be more things happening in the hood you know and i think things are happening but i think we gotta we gotta uplift those things um you know like the things that you're things that you're doing things that southgate's doing you know schools are getting sponsored by 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 uh school corporations or whatever or shoe shoe companies we got we got um you know sure high school's doing positive things and i think we we all got to bind together somehow to to uplift that. And maybe that's something that comes down the pipeline, you know. And that's just me kind of going off the cuff right now and thinking about doing things wow. like that. But I think, you know, I think we, we, we do that in little sections. But I think it's it, it needs to be something like that. You know what came to my head was, look at, the, look at the state of, at that point, City Ball or even just our surrounding area. Our surrounding area at that point, man, you know, Joe's from HP, Effin's from HP, uh, Eddie's from Fremont, uh, the big ticket, one of the baddest guys out there ever, right? The big ticket, from BC. Bell Gardens yeah, kid. Bell Gardens. Yeah, Edgar Loreiro was Bell Gardens uh, guy. Uh, HP, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, he was, uh, Javi was HP. Javi was an HP guy. He's one of the guys in there, but. Just look at the little surrounding area and, and the talent that was cultivating around that time. I think really kind of steel sharpened steel at that time. Yeah. And because we weren't leaving, because we were all staying home, we were all close. And because we didn't have a lot of options. Like, she never didn't have options. Like, like maybe the reason we stuck together is nobody else would have picked us up. So it was one of those, like, you ain't going nowhere because nobody else wants your ass. <laughs> and so it was one of those deals that because we didn't have as much options, it forced us to stay together, which forced us to face these issues and these problems together. And when I look back at like that period, look at how many of us from our team, our team, went into education. Yeah. You know, Chino's in education, Efren's in education, Eddie Morales is in education. You, you're, you're into education. I teach. A lot of us just went into education and working with you, Danny, the big ticket. He's working with, with young, troubled youth. Uh, Cassiano, the social worker, working with you. Like, look at it. It was just one of those Like, maybe we all didn't have it solved. We all didn't know what to do. But we're kind of looking around at each other like, well, that's good enough for him. And he's a smart guy. Well, I'm going to do it. So that's like a positive peer pressure that I think that we had at the time. And, and you know, just having a few role models, like I think Fito was a little older than us and yourself and a couple guys that are a little older than us showing us these little paths, like, hey, you can go this way and and, 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 and it's, it's safe, it's a good way to go. And and while we're hooping, we're, we're, we kept going to school, we kept taking classes and we kept moving up. And then, you know, eventually, now we're in the position, like you said, we're able to, to get back, so... Yeah, and, and you guys, that. you guys are still, you guys are still together. You know, um, you guys are going yeah. to tournaments. You know, your families are united. You know, your your kids are, you know, 
primo hermanos type, you know, and and you yep. know, you guys are the the birthday parties, and you know, it's like oh, that's my uncle, and you know what I mean. Like, even though it's not, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. blood, but it's but it's 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 family, yep. and I think I think that's that's the root of it. I think I think iron sharpens iron. Um, I need to continue um, spreading the, the 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 word out of of what Latino hoops is. I think we need to do. Um, you know, and now I, I've always been great at organizing things and events. And I did some alumni things for, for coach Rob at ELAC. And it's just like, it's those sparks. But the thing is, it's like, we need to stop doing all these little sparks and we need to just start, you know, the fire, you know, and, and start. You know what though? You, you, coach, you hit that right on the head right there, man. Cause, uh, you said, you said exactly, maybe, maybe what the striking point was. Maybe, I'm not even going to say maybe, I'm going to take the maybe out. I think you hit the, you you, you hit the, the nail right on the head, Coach Rob. Yeah. Coach Rob pulled all these pieces. And Coach Rob never hesitated to tell you, hey, this is what's wrong with you. You want to know what's wrong with you? This is what's wrong with you. But you know, it was something you, you took and, 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 and you took to heart because you know he loved you. And he coach, he for those you. that don't know, Coach Rob Rivera, um, he was the assistant coach uh, at ELAC, at East LA College, for when I was uh, when I played, um, I I yeah. was on the sideline with him as an assistant coach, and he took over the East LA program for a couple years um, after uh, Mario and them left. But for sure, Coach Rob yeah. pulls no punches. Yeah. I remember, I remember, I asked him for a letter of rec and. Uh, you know, I remember looking at it and I'm going like, man, this guy gave me some love. But right here, this one sentence, he just kind of like, <laughs> with say, without saying it, I knew what he meant. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and um, you know, oh, and man. it's one of those things where it's like he held no punches. But the thing is that about yeah. giving back, that guy was the ultimate give back guy. But yeah, I'm sorry. think about it, though, his, his ability to tell you the truth just put the ball in your court and just force you to say, man, am I going to do something about that? Or, 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 or is it bullshit? And he did that to a lot of us. He did that to a lot of young men. And I think us going through that there, and man, that's what, that's where we learn to stick together. That's where we learn to be honest with each other. That's where we learn to self-assess and, hey, you ain't nobody. I could tell you this. I could tell you this. Who cares? Who cares if you just had 35? Mm-hmm. You didn't do this. You know, and, and, and Rob was like that. Rob, we would walk into practice and be like, hey, coach, you see this little yeah? And he had that tape in that, that, that remote in his hand watching that tape. And he'd be like, oh, yeah? Let me show you this. Bam, play. <laughs> and you're just like, damn. Kind of had a good game. Then you walk out of there like, wow, I still got to keep working, man. So. Yeah, no, we just we just solved the mystery, man. That's what we're missing. Well, we just gotta Coach keep Rob, and we gotta keep <laughs> and we gotta keep working, like Rob said. I mean, I think yeah. I think we're at that point, MP, and and um, you know, I think that's that's the next step. Um, like, keep it going, keep working, run run your program the way you're running it. You know, we get together, run some camps. You know, get some of the. There's enough Latino players out there. There's enough. You know, maybe we can find somebody that listening to the podcast that'll. That'll sponsor this um, and give back to the kids, you know. And I think that's that's kind of one of the things that that we gotta look forward to. MP, 
man, this was this yes, was sir. lovely. This is lovely, bro. I I thank you for coming onto the podcast, man, and I appreciate you for for all that you've done. I congratulate you for running a, a, a great program, uh, making that run as the Division Two champions. And um, thank you for coming down to the pod. We always rocking with the best, and we're rocking with Mario Perez, MP. Good looking out. Big Lee, thank you very much, man. I appreciate you. Man, appreciate Thanks, you, man. Coach. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, thank you, MP, for coming through. All love, all basketball, pura raza. We out. All right, MP. Got it. Yeah, yeah we out. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Uh, come from the wood. Yes. You're now rocking with the best. Yeah, yeah we out.